Okay, here's the problem. I can't even... You're going to have to speak louder because they can't hear you over the music. But the whole point is they can't... You said the bit was the whole point they can't hear me over the music. True, true. But they have to be able to at least make out what you're saying. I'm talking as loud as I possibly can. I mean, I can barely hear you over the music. Maybe you should speak louder. Also, I don't have an ending for this bit. (laughs) Being honest. Well, yeah, because you, every single ending I've texted you, you keep saying you don't like. I don't know what, like, maybe, like, what, what about, like. Okay. I don't know. I just feel like I'm the, you keep asking me for suggestions, but not taking any of them. What about, like, you're an Eva villain and you keep trying to do your speech, but then you, you, I, I can't hear what you're saying. So it, like, that ruins it for you. That's literally what I was doing right now. Oh, okay. Well, then why did we stop? I don't like it. See, so I tried your idea, well, but I didn't like it. All right. Well, what about like you're trying? Maybe like flip it then. Maybe I'm the villain, and you're trying to get an antidote no, from me or something. No, 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 no. Because people see me as I think it has to match the show where I'm the leader. You know, Joe. Why are you being like this? Like who, because okay, I'm the leader. Keep, they said I was. Saying who <laughs> they made said I'm you the leader. The leader? They, Who's they? They said I'm the leader, okay, Lori? Who's they? They said it, okay? Attention, Joe and Lori. Please report to the Discord. The podcast is about to begin. Sorry, Lori. We have to, I guess we have to start the show. Attention, I can Joe see your lips moving, Joe. Please report to the this Discord. This is clearly an effect the you're doing. The podcast is about to begin. Welcome to Hello Uglies, the Dragula recap show for Season 4, Episode 4, titled Monsters of Rock. My name is Joe Batanz, and I am joined, as always, by one electric co-host. First, from the Buddy Podcast Network, she's the goddess of glitz, glamour, goth, gossip, and gore herself. Please give a Hello Uglies to Miss Lori Roggenkamp. Hello. Hello, Lori Roggenkamp. You know, I, um... A lot of questions for you. I uh, I've been thinking about it because you're getting close to it's moving time, right? Yeah, I uh, I'm moving um, this Saturday. Well, we're piecemeal moving, but we have to do it late at night because. I mean, that sounds um, sketchy. <laughs> that sounds that sounds like the beginning of like a Dracula. Um. Uh, opening bit. Yeah, we have to do it late at night, and uh, we just hand our packages to a guy in a boat, 
and he says that he'll get it, definitely get it to our apartment. And so, uh, so yeah, no. So, uh, tomorrow I have to move a bunch of stuff, but late at night, but not a, well, it why can't late, be like, I, wait, you still haven't answered why it has to be late at night because it just has to. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, because, um, the, so the landlord's being really nice, but the management company, we are, we're moving, you know, it's not the first of the month. So we're getting a prorated rate. So basically if they, if they see us before the move-in date, which is Saturday, they want to charge us for a full extra week. But you have the key? No, I'm going to get the key tomorrow. Lori, this is not. Shut up! I was waiting how long I could to go to say that. No, I mean it's you look, it's not it's not but I mean I don't really we're hiring we had we are we hired movers. Mm-hmm. So I'm not moving a lot of stuff. I'm yeah. just moving like odds and ends that I don't want to pack up like mm-hmm. my microphone and stuff. I don't want to pack that up in a box. Have you so, done a test run to see how long it takes to get from your house from your job to your new your new place? No, but I'm going to do that tomorrow. Oh, really? Because um, I have to drop some stuff off at work uh, that I forgot to drop off to that I forgot to bring in today. Mm-hmm. I have like all these boxes. This is this just shows you how how much I don't pay attention sometimes. I have all these boxes that my uncle donated to me, um, and he said, "Don't open them; just take them." What? No, um, no, I have all these boxes of like math workbooks and stuff that he acquired okay. over the years because he's a math teacher mm-hmm. and uh he he donated them to me and i put them in my car so i'd remember to take them mm-hmm. and put them in my classroom and i drove home i drove to school and then i drove all the way home mm-hmm. and i get out of my car when i'm at home and i go what's in my car oh it's all those boxes and you don't <laughs> work tomorrow or what's going on I don't, why no we have use? tomorrow off because of veterans day Oh, okay. Now it's all making sense. Everything is making. But why can't you just take 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 it to you on Friday? Because I need my I need space for my car. I need to take stuff that night. Oh, interesting. Okay. Um. Well, you know, today, Lori, just today, this morning, I dropped off my boyfriend at the airport. He came for a visit. How was it? Very exciting. Lots of exciting things happened. But there's one story which actually, strangely, does not really involve him. Maybe tangentially. That uh-huh. I wanted to tell you here on the show. <clears throat> so he was, it was early in the morning. And here's the deal. Like, look, we get naked in front of each other. We have sex. All kinds of things, right? Ooh, so there was a lot of sexiness? Yes. But... What I'm telling you right now is I still cannot pee in front of him, and I definitely cannot even poop when he's in the same room, right? Well, that makes sense. Yeah, and I woke up. Oh, yeah, he can use his schwantz to stuff it in like a plunger all he wants, but God forbid he knows that I poop, right? Well, also, but how many many times have you guys actually seen each other in person? Oh, um, less than ten, more than five. Yeah, so I mean that's that's good for a long distance relationship. Yeah, but I'm just saying that like you're still in the 
in the like, you know, you want to, you don't want to like have him see that side of you. Once yeah. you guys have been around each other for like five, ten years, you'll mm-hmm. be, you'll, you'll be fine. Yeah, we'll have seen each other like fifteen times by that point. But, any- <laughs> <laughs> but what I'm telling you though is, so like, I needed to poop so badly in the morning. Okay. Yeah. So I snuck out. Okay. And he figured out that I was gone and assumed that I was angry with him. Right. But it wasn't. I just needed a poop. Right. So uh-huh. I said, like, but I had a cover for why I snuck out. So what I did was I went to McDonald's to get, uh, and I legitimately needed a, a, a iced coffee. But I went to McDonald's for an iced coffee, but I need to use the bathroom there. Right. So I couldn't use the drive thru. So I go inside. And I say to that, I order my iced coffee, okay? And then I say, hey, where's your restroom, right? And they're like, it's right there. I go, okay, I'm going to go use the restroom. Now, by, what uh-huh. I'm going to tell you right now makes no sense what I'm going to tell you. Okay, we were in okay. Palm Springs. It's uh, It wasn't super busy. You know, it was probably like 6.30 in the morning at this point. Because we were going to go to Joshua Tree early. And I order. I go. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. So I'm ordering the coffee. I tell them what I'm gonna do. I'm ordering the coffee, and then I'm gonna go use the restroom. And they're like, great, right there, right. Order the coffee. Go to the restroom. I'm doing my business, okay. Uh-huh. And that business, Lori, shitting, okay. Yes. So I'm pooping in the bathroom, right? I'm like, oh my god, finally, you know, it's happened to me, right out of my butt, and I just cannot hide it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Pooping. And I hear, Sir! Sir! And I'm, and I, I don't even know what to do at this point, right? And I, and by the way, this is not one of those bathrooms where it's like a single, it's like, like they could go, they could come in at any time, you know? Uh-huh. So I go, Yes? I don't, I, this has never happened to me. And I, they go, uh, your your coffee's ready. And I, that evacuated any poop that I had. And then, like, I, I even, Lori, I even brought uh, those Kleenex wipes with me in a book bag and everything like that. And I, I was very, I was, I was uh, squeaky clean back there, right? And I left, but I just, am I wrong that that was like so fucking, have you ever thought like, like a McDonald's person would come to, that's like, that's the thing, is Betty Batance working at the McDonald's? That's literally legit a Betty Batance straight up move. Well, here's my question yeah. is, do they think that like you are like a homeless person who like. Does are they were they like afraid that you were gonna like fall asleep in the bathroom or something and that's that was you know, their way of waking you up? You know, but then why wouldn't they send a guy um to go inspect? It was a woman. So the, because the, oh, like I told you, this is not one of those single use bathrooms. I mean, they could they, people can walk in and out. There's urinals and all. It's like this is like a public. Were there place. any guys working? Yeah, I gave my order to a guy. Oh, I have no idea. Then. It was very, very, <laughs> very, very, very strange. <laughs> that, was, that was weird. It was very, very weird. I didn't know what was going on. I got frightened. Um, I, uh, yeah. I, I'll tell you a, a weird story, bathroom incident that I had. I really had to go to the bathroom. 
I go to a subway because uh, I wanted to get a subway sandwich, and I say, "I need. I want to get a subway sandwich. Can I go use the bathroom first? And they said, "No, you have to buy the subway sandwich mm-hmm. first. You have to order the subway sandwich." Okay. So I was like, "All right, fine." And I go, you know, assuming that they're gonna like let me leave it on the counter, mm-hmm. and I can just go and you know, uh, go to the bathroom afterwards. So I order the subway sandwich, pay. You know, I have it and I go, okay, can I leave this, my drink and the Subway sandwich here while I use the bathroom? And they go, no, we don't want to be liable in case something happens to the sandwich. Mm -hmm. So I was like, what would happen to the sandwich that you would be liable for? So I ended up having to take my sandwich into the bathroom while I went to the bathroom. Lori, we have to we have to start the show. And real quickly, I just ended up eating it in the bathroom. So, this week, the Boulets take in some entertainment at a strip club, and by entertainment, I mean they casually order the murder of a male stripper for the main challenge. It's time <laughs> for the main challenge. It's time for Monsters of Rock. The monsters are split into two bands. And tasked with designing a cohesive look and assembling a performance. In the end, Team Zenith triumphs in the Battle of the Bands, with Dali named the winner of the challenge. Meanwhile, the members of Glamrot are subjected, my paper fell here, okay, to electroshock therapy as part of the extermination challenge. In the end, Mary Cherry is murdered by the Boulet's henchmen, leaving seven queens in the competition. Lori, name two things you liked about the episode and one thing you did not. Oh, <laughs> there's so many things I loved about this episode. Oh, really? Yes. It's so, it's tough, man. It's so tough. It's tough to like, uh, I, well, first I will say, I, I, let me say this. The thing that I guess I, I didn't like was I felt like the, the band thing went a little too long i felt like the team the saw the it like i i kept feeling like they were gonna like you know end it and it was like and then it was like another thing that they were doing and i was like Mm -hmm. oh okay well i mean is this song 45 minutes what's happening well that's that's one of the problems i do they've always had in hello i mean hello and dragula which is when they have a musician on and they do their song they play the entire song where they don't do that on drag race they cut it short yeah, they, they truncate it, but on Dragula, they, they're we're gonna play the entire song. Yeah, I also love how the the singer at the end goes. It's a very complex song, and I was like, like is no, it though? It's not is that it? complex. No. Uh, so that I would say was the one thing I didn't. But I mean, so many things I loved. I loved that <laughs> the entire everyone voted against Mary Cherry. Yeah. Um, I loved. The the outfits I love the the singular the the runway looks I thought mm-hmm. those looked great. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the the bitterness between Mary Cherry and Sigourney Beaver. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then for some reason Jade and and Bitter Betty. Yeah, and I love uh, just like oh man, so many things I love. Uh, just it, it was just it's a, it was a great episode. It was a great episode. And what didn't you like? I mean the the 
the the band thing went a little long. Oh yeah. That's what I was saying. And then also I would say the I think the opening kind of made no sense. Yeah, a little that, bit. Yeah, that's something I have in my notes. I don't know if it's something I don't like, but yeah, unlike the previous three episodes, this one didn't tie into the episode. I mean, apart to it, but they were to rock. But I mean, it could have literally been any bar. The, it, the fact that it, it, this was not necessarily monsters of rock. Yes. Oh, you know, I could do something that I didn't like. I didn't like the death in this one. I felt like, and I, I don't know. It's it's a very typical death for Dragula, so I'm not trying to say that it was bad, mm-hmm. but I think you go from such an iconic and such a, a very dark and I think oh, probably one of the best deaths they've had the entire series is with Coco when she's on that spit. I thought that was awesome. Mm-hmm. And you go from that to then like like uh, a stripper suffocating Mary with, with his crotch. I don't really understand. For no apparent reason. It, it didn't like... Yeah. You know? Um, yeah, it, it was it was very, very, very strange. I didn't know if they were trying to do like a... Uh, what's it that, that one where it's like the Wally's Wonderland or whatever, that Nick Cage movie? I where don't know it's what like, you're talking okay. about. So, right. uh, two things I liked about the episode. Um, I wasn't as big of a fan of this episode as you were. I didn't hate it. I didn't hate it, but I, I wasn't as big of a fan. Um, look, if I'm being honest, and we'll talk about the sort of outside drama about this in a bit, I'm I'm not gonna lie. The show might suffer as a result, but I'm kind of glad to be rid of bitter of um not bitter Betty of uh, Mary Cherry. Like, yeah, she was she... just sucking the energy out of the competition. And also, I just felt like I think that. Bitter Betty kind of hit it on the head where she didn't really say anything about the leadership, but she was just like, yeah, she wasn't prepared for Mm -hmm. this episode, you know? And it was just like, I think that's what you need to take into consideration Mm -hmm. is when you're not prepared and, you know, so, and then they were saying that that was the best look that she had. All right, Lloyd, we're just giving little headlines here. Uh, All right. And then, um, so uh then the other thing I liked was um see, I didn't really love this episode as much. Um I liked that we got more J. Joe Lee screen time, maybe kind of, but she was kind of great on me too. Like, oh god, it was just like it was so obvious that one team had the sort of like cool personalities, and then they put the nerdy personality that the people don't like them on that team. You know? Yeah, they put like the high anxiety people on one team. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. the yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, I mean, it was kind of funny though to see the dichotomy mm-hmm. of like, you know, we should do this. That's a great idea. Versus, you're not a leader. I am a leader. Why are you the yeah. leader? Because they I, said I was a leader. <laughs> we can cover that later. But I'm wondering how much better that team would have be would have been had Mary not been on it. And then the thing I did not like. Um, okay, this might be kind of controversial or whatnot. This, because I guess, you know, Aiden was with me when I watched it, right? And Mm -hmm. this Poppy came on, and he goes, oh, look, Poppy, right? He knew exactly who she was. He said she used to be a YouTuber. Maybe she still is a YouTuber, and that she was really popular. He said she's not as popular as she used to be. Uh Uh-huh. And uh, she kind of bugged the shit out of me. 
I just didn't really feel like she really added the judging. I feel like they don't really add or subtract from anything. I like the other judge was good. Oh, well, Rachel true is just awesome. Oh, you know who she is. Yeah. She's the best. She's just awesome. Mm -hmm. But I mean, normally in my opinion, I don't feel like the show as a whole, it's sort of like, to me, it's like the, uh, it's like the, the, the warning of you need to go on the stage or like the, the extermination challenges, like they're just sort of fluff there to add spice to the episode, but they're not really doing anything that would change the course of the, ep- you know, mm-hmm. like none of though Rachel true, even though she's awesome and I would love for her to be a judge full time on that show, but she, it's almost like they're, they just add commentary sort yeah. of thing. Uh, all right. Uh, Bitch Puddin, there it is, the cold open here. Bitch Puddin, remember her from season two? Yeah. She mops up blood in the bathroom of a strip club uh, while men in thongs dance on stage to an empty bar. The Belay brothers enter and take their VIP seats. A performer spills a drink on Swan Thula, angering her. Swan snaps her fingers, and the dancer is strangled by the thighs of another stripper while Jack, well, Drack, I'm sorry, reapplies her lip gloss uh lori your thoughts on this everything on this cold open now lori please indulge us and tell us all your thoughts on this cold open well i i just love that there are people literally grinding to like empty tables Mm -hmm. like is that how it works is you just grind to empty tables and then wait for people to show up like i was i I thought that was kind of weird yeah, it was kind of weird. And also, here's the deal. I'm the wrong person to ask. I've never understood going to see strippers, male or female, you know, or everything in between. Yeah. I don't understand. I know that, look, obviously, very popular pastime, right? I just don't get it. Like, if you're going to throw that kind of money, because I don't shame sex workers, hire a prostitute. But why yeah. would you pay someone to, like, cock tease you i don't know i don't get it either look i i would love to have somebody on there who likes it because to me it just seems like a waste of time and energy mm-hmm. uh star loves it so maybe we should yeah what does she love about it well she likes to see women mm-hmm. but she she loves the she says she likes the they're very talented she likes to see how what positions they can get in and stuff like that does so, it turn her on it, yeah yeah but what's really funny is she like turns into like a totally different person. Like we went uh one time and she started talking about um we went to Jumbo's clown room oh, and God, she was talking right. about um you know, like I was trying to like hold her hand and stuff, and she's like, Oh, we're not really allowed to show affection here. What? Like, okay. Okay. She's like, Yeah, they don't like it when you show uh I don't really want and I was like, Okay. All right, fine. Like Wait, that doesn't make okay. any sense. Why would they? Okay, cool kid. Yeah, what do you think that was about? That's really strange. Why do you? Well, that doesn't make any sense. What do you mean? What is? She, what do? You, what do you think is going on there? Do you want me to ask her to come on? No, you can ask. Okay, but what do you? Think I was going just saying. On? I think she just wanted. I don't think she. I think she felt. Well, she said she was there before with somebody, and they were making out, and they got mad at her. But I was like, we're not making out. Like, I could see that because you want people paying attention to the dancers. But we're not making out. I was just trying to hold her hand. So. And then she was like, I really don't like being here unless I can spend a lot of money. 
What? And I'm like, why? Why would you want to spend a lot of money? I don't know. I don't know. Um, so, so I didn't get it. When the Boulets were doing more live shows, they their home bar was a bar downtown LA called Precinct. Okay. And I think, I've been to Precinct many times, but I don't know why I'm only guessing here. It looked a lot like Precinct. It looked a lot like the bar. They did stuff to it, like, to make it look smaller, yeah. actually. And had, make it look added like all those red Solo cups. So that was what I wanted to talk to you about. So they try and make it seem like this is some sort of swanky VIP lounge of a strip bar, right? Yes. And, um... After the so what happens is uh the dancer uh, the dancer that's at the moment dancing spills Swan's drink on her and Swan orders his death. Okay. Well, well she there was nothing. Her, in, she snaps her finger. There, there was nothing in that cup. Yeah. There that, was absolutely no. I'm not. There was nothing in that. cup. She didn't. She knocked a drink over. She knocked a cup over. They made it seem like it was a drink, but there was nothing in that cup. Yeah. And mainly because I have a feeling that Swanthilo was like, "I'll do it," but I don't want to actually have a drink spilled on me. How come in your world, every episode, a lot of what you talk about is how these people are making odd demands, so that like Swanthula has insisted that no drink spill on her last that's, week. It was that's Israel, how I would do it. Israel wouldn't get on the floor. It's like, well, because it's clear that they won't do it. They didn't have anything in the cup. What? So anyway, so then what happens is he orders the murder and then uh, Drac whips out randomly. When do you? When are you at a bar? You just take out your own bottle of alcohol, right? Whips out a bottle of Patron, which is a not the highest end tequila, but a, a more expensive brand of tequila, right? Uh, and pours this shot of tequila in Swan's red cup. And I think what you're getting at is the red cup is for like a beer party in college. Why yeah. would they be giving you a red cup at a swanky VIP section of yeah. a strip bar? Wouldn't it be like a crevasse or something like something swanky? No, I think for tequila, it would be either in the shot glass or they have these like smaller, you know, cause you don't serve a lot of it. Um, but like some sort of like a sipping glass. I mean, the same way you do whiskey and I bet you I could see it, you know, but yeah. it wouldn't be in a red cup. I, if a bar, I don't even, I don't even care what bar it is. If they served me hard liquor and I paid a lot of money for this Patron and they gave it to me in a red solo cup and it's not a hipster bar where you're sitting on a tractor, I'd fucking leave that place. That'd be, a, I know it, it would be, I that's for my money back. I'd be super upset. Well, also what I love is those is the the snap and then the person receiving the snap are in two different time zones. Because when <laughs> both times when Drakmord or Swanthula snap snap their fingers, mm-hmm. it takes a solid twenty seconds before somebody even reacts to it. Yeah. Like it's a snap and then you see Israel like go Okay, I should get the <laughs> Yeah. And it's like, usually you would think if it's a snap that they know immediately what they need to do. But it was like, a oh, she, no, she, okay, she wants me to get the, okay, she's going to, wants me to get the alcohol. Well, you know what's so funny is I was reading the credits at the end. Most of yeah. I wanted to see if they thanked the Precinct because it was Precinct. I didn't see anything about that. But they said bar manager, and his name, I can't know if I'm saying his name right, Ian something or other, right? He's a, he, now he's a producer on the show. 
So when I rewatched the episode, he was sitting at a little table doing paperwork. What yeah. strip bar does the manager sit out in the open and do paperwork on a little like card table? Someone that wants to keep their overhead tiny. They don't want to pay for. No. Also, did you see that he was like rubbing his teeth like he was doing oh, yeah. cocaine? Yeah. I have a question for you. Yeah, go ahead. I'm answering questions today. If this, if this club, let's say this club was a reality. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Do you think the guy, the stripper that kills other stripples with with his thighs? Do you think that he is friends with any of the other strippers in the club? I have a question for you. Why did you just call him a stripple? Because he's a triple threat. Oh, he's hot. He's a stripper, and he kills. Oh, was he hot? Yeah, I mean, he was attractive, but he was, you know, but he also like killed people with his thighs. So, oh, you're the one that killed the guy with the thighs. Yeah, I'm saying that stripper because he he's obviously the one that goes and kills the other strippers. Like this has obviously happened before. So, do you think that that stripper is like? You know, hey guys, we're all here to do a job. <laughs> well, no, I, I think what you're saying here, I think what you're saying here, you're, you're, you're leading to something that's really important here. Because I think what you're saying here is these guys work together. They're work colleagues, right? Yeah. That, this could yeah. have actually been the opening bit today, which is like, maybe, maybe we could do a little bit of improv here, right? Where uh-huh. it's, um, oh, that's the wrong thing here. This. Uh, uh hey hey laurie how are you doing just uh walking into the locker room here oh hey yeah no me too oh, yeah god i didn't probably Start. come in the world. i almost called in sick today oh i'm telling you man i cannot wait i'm glad we get veterans day off because yeah. i i'm just gonna sleep in did you, you know? see lance yesterday yeah yeah uh <sighs> he i don't know I don't, I don't know i don't know how he does it because he, he did so many um, lap dances yesterday, made a lot of money, but that took away money from all of us, so I guess we're going to make some money. Uh, by the yeah. way, I heard that uh, Swanthula and Drek Mortar are coming in today, and the boss told me, he wants you to uh, do a private dance with him. What? Yeah, he told me he wants you to do I'm going to be, I'm going to, don't worry, I'm going to be there, I'll be right behind you, Okay. Uh, but he told the manager told me he wants you to do the private dance. No, I, I'm. No, I, I. Lori, don't worry. I don't want to. Don't worry. It's not a big deal. What are you going on? What, what, what do you have going on this weekend? What's going? On? How's your mom? By the way, I saw that she was sick. She's very sick, and and she needs me for my for support, and Lori. I pay her medical bills. Lori, you seem. Nervous. I don't. Nothing. What, why do you seem so nervous? You're just gonna do a dance for Drake and Drak and Swan. Everybody who's done a dance for Drake and Swan has been killed by the person that's standing directly behind them. Maury, I think you're acting a little bit paranoid. Don't we think? Okay. That? Who was standing directly in front of Lance doing the the dance before? Kyle. I was. I was. But that was a different situation. He knew. That they don't like to be looked in the eye. So he he got what's coming to them. So long as you go out there and dance and don't spill anything on them, then you're fine. You know that my signature move is the thrust and pull or Well. Anyway. <laughs> but that's but that's the point, is that they they work together and then because he dropped a drink, it's just like you're murdered. 
Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a really No, good also point. like how would that work for morale too? I mean, <laughs> you know, it's like, all right guys, company meeting. Hey, you know, I just got to be honest with you. Um, you know, we've just noticed a dip in morale uh ever since Steven was killed. And, um, you know, I just got to say, guys, you know, we're a family here at Nuts and Bolts, okay? And we we take care of each other. Uh, you just, you do not fuck with Swanthula or Jack Morda, or you will be murdered by hot size Hank. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, that that is the contract that we all signed. So, yeah, no, uh, yeah, I'm taking questions. Uh Kyle, what's your question? Hey, um, I was talking to a friend of mine who went to law school, and he said he thinks that murdering us might be wrong. Like an oh. ultra violation. I mean, I got two problems. One is, can DJ, can we cut the music at any point? It's running 24-7. I mean, I don't know if that's like a thing that we always have to have. Oh, we always, okay, we always have to have some sort of music. All right. Oh, it's good. It's gone now. Oh, hot size Hank killed him. Okay. Oh, it's back. Oh, he resuscitated him. Oh, okay. That was just a, that was just to show that you could do it. Thanks, hot size Hank. Um, yeah, you know, look, a lot of people will say a lot of things to you, you know, but you always need to know that whatever happens in here is the decision of Jack Morton and Swanthula. That's what the, <laughs> that's the contract you signed. And, you know, out in the real world, yeah, you can't just walk up to somebody and strangle them with your thighs. That's obviously wrong. But in here, that's that's the bargain we've made. I mean, we make money hand over fist with no clients, guys. Okay? And, you know, I'm just saying that, you know, you can either go try your luck at another strip club and work with clients that may or may not pay you, or you can work here, make boatloads of money, and, and then rant, you know, just stay out of Strongthula and Drakmarta's way and you won't get strangled to death. <laughs> Alright, good staff meeting. We've only killed two people since this staff meeting started, and I think that's a record. <laughs> the so. next day someone had to come in and flip that it's been zero days since someone <laughs> yeah. had their head crushed by thighs. Yeah. 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 Uh, all right. After Coco's elimination, the queens are back in the boudoir comparing. How do you like? What does that LinkedIn job thing look for? like? You know, like <laughs> after Coco's elimination, the queens are back in the boudoir comparing injuries from their hell bull rides. La Zavaleta celebrates her win, but worries about taking her placement for granted. Betty still doesn't know if she was in the top or the bottom. The queens see the fire and Saint and feel Coco gave up on herself as the girls Kiki Saint enters the boudoir. With a renewed sense of focus. On the main stage, the contestants learn this week's main challenge. It's time for the annual Monsters of Rock show. Each queen will need to create a Monsters of Rock solo look for the main stage. Additionally, the contestants will be split into two bands and challenged to choreograph a routine and design cohesive looks for performance to Poppy's song, Bite Your Teeth. The teams are as follows. Glamrot, which is Team um, Dolly, by the way. The, oh no, sorry, it's team, no. team Sigourney Beaver. Yeah. Sonorgy Beaver. Uh she's the lead singer. And on her team is J. Jolie, Bitter Betty, and Mary Cherry. Now they're gonna be going up against Team Zenith. 
And their lead singer is Dali, with the other uh, team members being Saint La Zavaleta, Hoso Teratoma uh, as a team. So let's let's discuss everything here, Laurie. Um, oh man, I could do a whole episode on just bits about that opening, though, because now I'm thinking about what it would be like to be Hot Thighs Hank would be interviewed for a different job and what he, him explain what his old job used to be. So I mean that. Okay, this is really odd. <laughs> I see here on your resume, it said uh, thigh crushing. I gotta tell you something, though, before you say anything, hot thigh crushing. I've never had an interview that a person brings in a boombox with them and starts playing, like, yeah, a, a, a background music. Like this. Well, that's what I bring to the table. I bring a new environment everywhere I go. Uh-huh. So, you know. Yeah. So, when you hire me, you hire an experience. So let me ask you this question. You know, um, here at Moderna, we're we're trying to get the best talent possible. What 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 do you bring from your old job to here? Determination, perseverance. Yeah. And I can kill a guy in under twenty seconds with my thighs. Yeah, yeah, that's actually written strangely in crayon all over your resume. Now, Lori... Oh, that's no, not, not crayon, that's blood. Oh. My blood's just super chalky. <laughs> now, Hot Thighs Hank, here's a question. What would you say is your biggest weakness? Oh. I don't like to talk about it, but I have a tiny penis. <laughs> okay, so Lori... Um, Back to this, uh, when they come back into the working for the first time, uh, did you have any big thoughts on these conversations they're having? What are you, what are you thinking here? I just kind of love, I, I will say that I feel like everybody to a point is a little, is a little topsy turvy because they'll mm-hmm. have one opinion and they'll immediately do a 180 and have a different opinion, which I don't know anything about that. I've never had that happen to me in my life, mm-hmm. but, um, they so like for example they go around the room and they're like who do we want to stay and Mary Cherry's like I really want Coco to stay because I feel like she has more to offer and then like almost immediately turns and goes yeah but Coco didn't really feel like she wanted to be here like <laughs> it's just like okay like so you don't want Coco to stay like I just thought it was super weird yeah it, it was uh, very strange. did you notice that. Mary didn't clean her, I think it's her right ear totally, and there's all that like um May West Shrek green paint in her ear still. And I could not stop staring at it. Like the entire yeah. time. The inside of her ear was like flex like very large strikes uh stripes of green in her inner ear. Which by the way, I think and I hope prove that that bitch does not take a good shower because or she they either they film it all in one day. Or that bitch takes a horrible shower because even the, the next day yeah. the green was still in the ear, and I was yeah. like, "What is going on there?" Um, if I was her doctor, I would have immediately just sent her an email and been like, "This mm-hmm. is Kaiser, take a goddamn shower." Yeah, um, but other than the discussion about Coco versus Saint and all that, there wasn't really much. Do you have anything else to say there? We're gonna go to the main stage in a second. So then they go no. to the main stage. They do that because clearly the Boulets pre-tape all their announcements, their video things, right? Yeah. So if you watch, and I was watching for this, is they're like, now we're going to put you up into teams, right? First, on the very first team, we're going to name the lead singer. And that lead singer is Sigourney Beaver. And her teammates are 
Bitter Betty, J. Jolie. Uh, who's the other one? Uh oh, uh, Sigourney, oh, yeah. Mary Cherry, Mary Cherry, and, and then so they they didn't show the video when they would name them because they're like, oh yeah, because the producer just saying here's who's on the team. Um, I have and, a question. Do yeah. you think that maybe here's a conspiracy I'd like to float that Israel is a a world renowned uh impressionist. And so it's actually Israel doing the voice of Drakmorda when he's when when they're doing the and Drakmorda's actually a mute and can't talk. Oh, I thought you were you were gonna go it's like Charlie's Angels and really Israel's the brains behind the whole operation. I would I would not I would put that I that would be a thing that, that I would That would be a great series with. finale that he kills them. Oh, that'd be great the whole time. Um yeah. Anyway, uh, so, okay, so I have something to say here. Can I watch this twice? I watched it once just for my own enjoyment, and then I watched it to take notes. And on that second viewing, I was obviously looking for certain things. And as stupid as Mary Cherry was, and the, if, if everybody says that they're accepting Sigourney as the leader, I would just accept it. They don't, I was, I thought that they did too. That There was an argument between me and Aiden too later when we were watching the episode where he's like, they never said they were the leader, they said they were the lead singer. And I was like, no, they totally said they were the leaders. In those in those clips, they never say that the that the that Dolly and um Sigourney, they don't say specifically that they're the leaders. I think it's implied because they specifically named them as the lead singer and they didn't give anyone else a role. Yeah. But they don't actually say they're the leaders. Well, I think I think I can see what you're saying, but I think it's uh, as Sigour- as Sonorgi, uh pointed out that it is a it's a legacy challenge. Yeah, and they've done it every season, and I think in every season the person who's the leader, lead singer, is the leader. Yeah. So it's implied that the lead singer is the leader. So I mean, I think I don't think they have to say it to well, be honest uh, with look, you. Like I told you earlier. I I wouldn't have said anything, but if I did say something, and everyone on the team was like, "No, she's the leader," I would have been like, "Okay, well, she's the leader." Like I would, but he he was fighting it, like just no, that is not true, you know? Yeah. Well, also, it's like he wasn't. Uh, we'll get to it. Yeah, we'll get to it when we get to um, it. Any other thing before I move on here to the next part? No. Okay. Well, I noticed that we did not take a break. I'm actually a little late here on this break, so why don't we take a break when we come back, Lori? We are going to discuss the rest of the episode. Okay. Sigourney wants to be pretty, but Mary and Barry want to dirty it up away from the other girls. J. Jolie uh, shares uh, that she's stressing out about her need to rebrand. Later, Bitter Betty talks about being raised as a boy and not being allowed to express her femininity. Lori, any thought? I think this specifically the raise of the boy was, I think, talking about why she's so uh, hard on herself, I believe, right? Um, it, I think it was mostly that she was. Uh, that she couldn't be the glamorous person oh, she right. wanted to oh, be. Oh, that's right. I did have thoughts on that. It was a very strange conversation. You're right. That's exactly what it was. Any thoughts on this boudoir moment? Um, I I don't know. I felt like it was a little ham-fisted that they broke them up into two 
Like, I thought it was weird that they broke Mary Cherry up and they broke Bitter Betty and Sonorgi Beaver. So do you think that was producer? Because it was very strange. Yeah. Mary's like, come and talk to me over here. I'm like, oh, this yeah. is where Mary tries to bang Jade Jolie. Um, what? So, you, but you think that the producer said, "Go, Mary, take her aside, and we'll leave Bitter with uh, <laughs> Bitter." Um, well, with, yeah. I don't want to. I was randomly looking at a Reddit thread where they were saying that they think that maybe the the producers did that because Sonorgi and Mary Cherry were arguing so much. That they thought oh. maybe breaking them up would would be uh um uh, you know help them sort of like come to which didn't help at all but yeah yeah um I want to talk about Jay Jolie's anxiety it it didn't really make a whole lot of sense well first of all she's not I guess doesn't want to say or is not allowed to say RuPaul's Drag Race but for those of you that don't know Jay Jolie was a contestant on season five of RuPaul's Drag Race okay and she went. She didn't go home first, but she went home fairly early. She went home in that weird, you get forgotten kind of way. But she was a uh-huh. part, she was there for some very legendary fights and had her roles in it and stuff like that, back roles. But anyway, um, and then she had a bro up, as I call it, in the year in the in the almost ten years since. But she said that she's been trying to rebrand from her time on drag race and i have some thoughts but i wanted to know if you, i know you don't remember her on season five but do you have any thoughts on jay jolie and her anxiety and trying to rebrand from drag race i mean i think that she just i think she's just not she's overwhelmed in a competition yeah and she still doesn't know where she, what her you know her ideas because like you said she was super girly and now mm-hmm. she's trying to be more I, I want to say like gender fluid with mm-hmm. her drag, mm-hmm. with their drag, but I think it's just, it's just coming off very like confusing, mm-hmm. you know, like last episode, <clears throat> her outfit just didn't make any goddamn sense. Mm-hmm. So I feel like, I feel like she's just overwhelmed and struggling. And to be perfectly honest with you, I get the sense and I don't, I mean, I'm not saying this. I have no proof of this. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to make it a declarative statement. Yeah. Um, I get the sense that she thought she was going to like kind of come in here yeah. and skate and yeah. like show like show everybody what she can like kind of be the the top dog and yeah. she's middling mm-hmm. lower middling at best. Yeah. And I think she's just her anxiety's getting to her and she's getting overwhelmed. So I think I mostly agree with you. I think the anxiety because I think too is. You know, and this is something that's going to come up a little bit today is because it has to do with Mary Cherry is sort of involved with this, too, is, you know, they don't they try and hide this, but they don't make their outfits. They bring their outfits already made. okay, and they can do all these weird illusions that they do where trying to make it look like they're making their outfits in the boudoir, but those outfits are already done. Okay. Well, I think there's a part of that that's true, but I think they also do do add stuff to it. I think they they, they add might... maybe finishing touches or okay, something. Okay, I'll buy into the finishing touches, but the for the most part the looks are done. And I feel so she's already trapped, so to speak. Like her her looks you can't drastically change any of her looks. They're already chosen. And I think the anxiety, this is all guessing on my part, is she's looking at people like Dali and Hoso and uh, even La Zavaleta 
Um, and even Bitter and uh, Sigourney. And she's like, holy shit, they totally have gotten this memo. Because, and this look is included. A lot of her looks seems like they, she took pre-existing looks that she had and then put finishing touches to just make it fit the theme. The one that comes to mind is the alien one, right? Where she, um, she was just some sort of like, space princess but the way it was alien was that she had a, an alien on a stick with a cowboy hat on it or something and yeah. th- that was the science fiction one the well it was one. a cow it was like western science fiction and she had like a uh but she didn't even it, it was it was like a a like a suit like a skin tight suit that like yeah. she just like painted her hair she was like green and painted her hair a different color yeah no yeah i agree i and think so, that she, yeah, oh sorry ahead. no go ahead no you first so I think she was looking around the room and cause her, her outfit this week was very inadequate. It really was just, you know, I don't know if you know this, but J. Jolie is famous for portraying Taylor Swift and she does a lot of like female impersonations, celebrity impersonations, particularly Taylor Swift. And, uh, I think that she just took some of her pre-existing outfits and then just made it that, um, that's the rock one. But I don't, and then she's looking around the room and seeing like, holy shit, Dali looks amazing. Um, yeah. These Hoso looks amazing. Uh, that other whole other team looks amazing. This is not, I'm in trouble because there's nothing she can do. And I think that, I don't think it has anything to do with trying to rebrand herself after RuPaul's Drag Race. I think the anxiety is real, but she can't say that. So she has to make up this weird, vague, cryptic, I'm trying to change things after the other show. Since mentions drugs and alcohol for some reason, you're like, well, I think that she's trying to play the competition now. I think like, I think what, like if you look at, look at, let's look at La Zavaleta, Mm -hmm. right? La Zavaleta was playing the competition out of the, out of the gate. Right. Cause she, she just didn't have the confidence to believe that her looks would get her to the top. But now that she's doing well, she's not playing the competition. Right. Mm-hmm. She's not being as instigator, instigatory, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, or as she's not like taking away, taking screen time. Mm-hmm. And who do we have that's mostly in the bottom? It's the ones that are playing the competition. It's Jay Jolie, Mary mm-hmm. Cherry, and Bitter Betty. And those yeah. are the people that are the most talking about their issues and their past and, you know, yada, 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 mm-hmm. because they, they need to garner sympathy from the, from producers to be like, oh, we need to have this person stay on the show mm-hmm. because they're entertaining and they can bring something to the show. Mm-hmm. So, I think that's what Jade Jolie was trying to do. She was trying to play the competition. No, I don't disagree. Did you notice how much Mary Cherry was fucking sweating while she was talking oh, to Jade yeah. Jolie? It was sweat was just going down. I was hoping something would go into their ear canal so they could clean up. Wash it up. I gotta be honest though. I can't. I, I'm a huge, I'm a huge sweater. Uh, I'm a huge sweater. Okay, Glory, we get it. People don't remember Lori blew a guy for a box of sweaters. So she's trying to say that she wears a lot, she's into sweaters. Okay, we get it. No, I, I legitimately sweat profusely all the time. So I can't, I can't, I'm sweating right now. So I, I can't say, I can't make fun of somebody for sweating too much. But yeah, she was sweating a lot. Um, let's actually jump over to the conversation between Betty, Bitter Betty and Sigourney Beaver. It's a very strange conversation that, again, I picked up on a weird thing that Bitter said 
uh, during her conversation with Sigourney, where she's telling Sigourney, she's actually giving her like a backhanded compliment, where she's where she tells Sigourney that she should dirty up her look because every week she glams it up and the boys want to see something dirty, right? And Sigourney says, um, I don't remember what Sigourney's response was, but bitter, but bitter Betty's re- reasoning is because she had been um, bringing dirty stuff and they didn't like it or she didn't like it until she glammed it up or she was trying to do glamour and they didn't like it until she did dirty stuff. But I was like, but Sigourney's been in the top pretty much for the entire time. Yeah. So, well, so Sonorgi was trying to say, cause Mary Cherry was uh, saying that they needed to be dirty in their looks. Mm-hmm. And Sonorgi was like, no, I, we don't need to be dirty. Yeah. And, and Mary Cherry's like, no, that's what the judges want. They want dirty. They want us. They don't want us to look cute. And mm-hmm. and so then, bitter Betty was saying that she goes well to Mary Cherry's credit. I got my house critiques. Which FYI, how are you arguing that when literally ten minutes ago you were arguing that you didn't know you were in the top because they gave you such harsh critiques? Yeah, <laughs> like she was like, I didn't know that I was in the top. I got a lot of critique. That was that like, was oh very strange God. too. That we didn't they didn't really explore that why she thought she was getting harsh critiques when she was in the top. Well, I just love that she goes. I I clearly have no idea what's going on in this competition. I was like, yes, clearly you, <laughs> you mm-hmm. have no idea what's going on. Um, yeah, they didn't explain that. But anyway, so so she said so she so. Uh, Bitter Betty was using that as sort of a defense to Mary Cherry's argument, but then Sigourney Beaver's argument was that no, you don't. It's not they don't want you to be dirty. They want you to be gritty, and they want they want yeah. your attitude to show through. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have to be dirty to win. And she she never really outright said it, but she basically was saying like my my I am the I am the proof like I have been in the top this entire time and I have mm-hmm. not been dirtied once. Yeah. So I think that's what uh, Sigourney B was trying to tell Bitter Betty, and then Bitter Betty even said like, yeah, I guess you're right. I I feel like I haven't been able to play like be like a glamorous boss bitch that I want to be, and that kind of is triggering a lot of stuff from my childhood. Mm-hmm. But I felt like they were trying to like, I felt like they were trying to ram in like a, a personal story. And it was like, and I felt honestly, it was like producers were like, talk about your childhood and bitter, but it was just like, yeah. And then I also feel like my child, like it was just like so weird the way that they tried to horn that in. Another uh, weird that I wasn't weird. Another issue that comes up is that Mary, so they have to have two looks. One for the floor show, which Mary does have a look for. Okay, because it gets kind of confusing here. Well, can yeah. we call, let's say quote unquote look. Okay, she brought a look. I know, which is funny. You should, but the part she didn't have a look for, we're going to talk about this, was for the group challenge. She didn't have a look for that. Now, and we'll talk about this later in the episode, even though we're running really long. That might have to be a post-mortem thing. But there was somebody who went on Reddit, okay, and they claim to be friends with Mary Cherry. They don't say who they are. They remain anonymous, but that they're really good friends with Mary. They've known her for years, and they're really defending Mary, right? And one of the things that they say is that, you know, they have to bring their looks and that Mary's 
grandmother, I believe, died right before, right when they got the call that they were going to be on Dracula season four. And so as a result, Mary was flying back and forth to San Francisco where her grandmother lived to where she, she lives in New York. Right. And so was trying to arrange for the outfits to be delivered to production per the instructions. The part where it gets really hazy is I don't understand, but somehow there's some sort of miscommunication that this person's trying to put on production and as a result, a lot of Mary's outfits did not make it to the show. Thus, it wasn't that she didn't have an outfit. According to this person, this is one of several outfits that just never r- arrived and that production was, well, fuck you, it's your problem kind of thing. I don't know what the details are. Behind. Well, I mean, it is. I mean, the bottom line is basically what she's t- saying is what we is that she didn't have an outfit. I mean, that she's not saying that she, I mean, honestly, I thought you were going to say that like she's, she had an outfit, but you know, production, they couldn't open the crate or something. Well, that's sort of like, what they're implying. That's what they're implying. I, that, I still feel like it's yeah. her fault. No, no, no. I, I completely agree with you. It sounds like an excuse, you know? I mean, don't get me wrong. They, they mentioned it in the, in the episode. That's, that's terrible. I feel awful for both. Mary Cherry and Sigourney Beaver that they both lost people they truly care about right before the start of the show. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, but we had that one queen from last season who like quit heroin, like literally like on the way. What was it like seven days or something before yeah, the show? Really, yeah. Uh-huh. So it's Priscilla, like, you know, talking about Priscilla Chambers, uh-huh. Priscilla Chambers. Yeah. She like, she was a boss bitch. She like basically like went clean and yeah. was like, I'm going to do this show. Yeah. And I hope that she's still clean. Cause she did a great job. And I mean, so it's like people have done some pretty remarkable things and, and, and struggle to some pretty remarkable things for the show. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't be allowed to grieve, but it's just like, it's still the show. Like they, we can't take time for your personal tragedy Yeah. to, to, you know, that, that can't be t- taken into account. So, you know, yeah. it's just, yeah, the show has to go is, on. And by yeah. the way, it seemed like Priscilla, um, Sonorki was able to pull her shit together very much. So, so yeah. And I have um, to say, I, as someone who lost both of his grandparents within days of each other due to COVID, I understand that the pain that is. But I will say, unfortunately, losing your mother is on a whole other level from losing a grandparent. Even though grandparents tough. Well, but losing your mother two weeks before? I don't feel like we should judge... I'm judging somebody cares about somebody. You don't know. You don't know his relationship with it. His grandmother could have been his parent. Like his grandmother could have been the person that raised him or, you know, so you don't know the, uh, but I, I I see where you're coming from. I'm not trying to say, you know, that you're wrong, but you're wrong. What I'm saying is Sonorgi's mother died two weeks before they were set to arrive and she was able to pull her shit together. That's I, you know what? Saying. I'm going to go one further. I think Mary Cherry and Sigourney Beaver had a uh, strangers on a train type situation. Yeah, with their mother and their grandmother, and they and now the police are going to be investigating. Um. Okay. Let's wrap up to this lead singer debate where there. So there's a big fight. So like one team, Team Dolly, they're completely getting it wrong. I'm um, getting along. 
no drama there. Everything's great. Everything's fantastic. It's running like a well-oiled machine. Yeah. Meanwhile, Team Sigourney Beaver is falling apart, right? And yeah. as Mary's fighting with it, it seems everybody and no one all at the same time, she it comes up where Sigourney basically says, well, I'm the leader. And Mary Chair is like, no, you're not. And it's a debate. We discussed this earlier a little bit, but did you have any other final thoughts on this, Lori? Yes. My thought is that I agree. I actually agree with Sigourney Beaver on this. Yeah. I feel like she was annoying in the top of the episode when she was like, I'm in, I feel injured. My injury is still injured. Like I Mm -hmm. felt like that was a little annoying, but in this instance, no, I felt like out of the gate, Mary Cherry was not going to allow anyone else's ideas to come forth. She mm-hmm. was going to passive aggressively and bu- bully and, you know, uh, push forward her ideas. And I thought Sigourney Beaver did a great job of standing her ground mm-hmm. and just saying and trying her best to, to move forward, mm-hmm. but just not allowing Mary Cherry to railroad her. Yeah. And yeah. And she was the leader and Mary Cherry should have recognized it and should have been a team player and was mm-hmm. never at any point in time, a team player. Mm-hmm. And I felt like, you know, yeah, I felt Mary Cherry deserved to go home for that reason, if, if Mary Cherry had shown the slightest bit of team playerness, shown the slightest bit of cooperation, Jay Jolie would have gone home for sure. A hundred percent. hundred percent agree with you. Finally, you say something worthwhile, Lori. <laughs> so yeah, I, I think Mary Cherry was an absolute dick mm-hmm. from the gate. I agree. So, um, couldn't have said it better myself. And in fact, let's move on and say it right now. Let's actually move on here. Um, we did that. All right. During rehearsal, the bands take turns rehearsing on the main stage and preparing looks in the boudoir. Team Dolly's rehearsal appears to be collaborative, while over on Team Sigourney, Mary and Sigourney fight about who's the leader, while Jade and Betty butt heads on when, if at all, the th- throw glitter during their performance. After rehearsal, Mary and Sigourney again fight over who's in charge and whether Sigourney's performance style is up to snuff. Uh, it's the it's a floor show day in Zenith. That's Team Dali are all smiles and laughs while they're finalizing finalizing their outfits. Three of four glam rock members, that's Team Sonorgi, have a cohesive look, but Sigourney has to create Mary a, a pleather look from scratch. Sonorgi hopes for the best. Uh, which angers Mary Cherry, leading to yet another fight. Um, Lori, your thoughts on these rehearsal moments and the uh, the floor show day, all that jazz. The next day, when they remember they, they take all their stuff and then they come back. Any thoughts here? Any big thoughts here? We might have to table this for a postmortem, mm-hmm. but I would love to get into because I I don't understand. The the uh, J. Jolie Bitter Betty feud. I don't get that feud. So I don't know if we want to like table that or if you know, if you understand no. what the reason is, if you want to just share it. But I, I, didn't, I, I, I didn't I have, understand I, why that was happening. I watched it twice. I think I'm with you. That might be a good, because even Mary's uh, meltdown backstage is also bizarre, but that might be a good one. Because one of the things, yeah, they start fighting. One of the things Jade says, and producer Zach Burtz picked up on this, is she's like, well, I can't hold glitter and play the guitar at the same time. And I was like, does she think she's really playing guitar? 
she's literally just holding a guitar and doing like junior high lip sync level of playing a guitar. Yeah. Was... I mean, it's basically a notch above playing air guitar. Mm-hmm. And you're going to have the strap. I mean, apparently they don't, they lost their straps, but mm-hmm. you're supposed to have a guitar strap. So you don't even really need to hold the guitar. Mm-hmm. Um, so another thing too, is I think in this moment with, and we'll, again, we'll analyze death on another postmortem, but I think what we see here is the real Jade Jolie. And that's not necessarily a good thing. The reason I say that is, so whenever on the subreddits they have these like who are sort of the mean girls in RuPaul's drag race, Jade Jolie's name comes up among other drag queens as sort of being mean, uh sort of mean to other girls uh backstage. It comes up frequently. And I think we sort of got a hint here where we cuz I think she's been putting on this facade, you can only hold it up for too long for the cameras that she's sweet and nice Jade Jolie. And the way she's talking to Bitter Betty, you're starting to get a hint, like, oh, she can be a real uh, charisma, uniqueness, nerve, and talent uh, when she wants to do that. I think we're starting to see the real stuff come out. Um, yeah, I agree. because, And I also agree because she kind of does the chicken shit thing where she doesn't necessarily... She sticks up for at the end, but in this moment, she doesn't stick up for... Uh, she doesn't really stick up for anyone. Instead, she kind of picks the person who has the least skin in the bitter Betty and starts mm-hmm. like picking on bitter Betty. Yeah. So I felt like that was a little, but then I think it's like one of those things where it's like, you could tell that like mom and dad are fighting. So the yeah. brother and sister are going to fight too. Yeah. I want to go over to uh, also that I want to come back to this lead singer argument during the argument, during the rehearsal, Mary, even though I think Mary's been 100% wrong here, yada, 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 she makes a very valid point during her argument and during the rehearsal, which is that, okay, Sigourney's the lead singer, but that Sigourney's not really throwing to the other girls in the group to take over part of the singing, which I will say Dolly did. So Dali would give the other girls moments to shine. And it does come up as a read uh, for Sigourney during the judges panel, the final judgment. And Mary gives side eye big time because of it. But she did mention it. Oh, yeah. Are we interrupting something, Lori? No. Uh, No, I agree. I think that. um, Yeah, I agree with everything you said. I had Uh, a thought, but I lost it. Okay, on the final, for the next day on the Day of the Floor show, once again, I don't know why this drives me crazy. More of this fake doing shit to the... Please, I'm begging you guys, if you don't go back now, because they seem to be doing it every week. When they come the next day, look at the B-roll footage they shoot, okay? And it's constantly close-up of the girls doing, doing... pretending to do things to their outfit or if they're doing anything it's very little there's one where like saint is taking spray paint and and spray painting the very edge like not doing much to it at all if they do anything at all yeah um well also like did i thought they had like like in the fight that that mary cherry and and they had there was like some inside tea on what the mechanics of the show was and because mary cherry was like she said that she could make me an outfit she said it would take it two hours it took two days 
And I'm going to tell you, that's what you're talking about right now, I have in my notes, and that's ballsy. That Sigourney Weaver's like, okay, bitch, I'm going to help you, and I'm going to make you an outfit. And then she's bitching about how long it took her to make the outfit. But see, that is Mary Cherry. Mary Cherry is a selfish bitch and has no, absolutely no kind of, you know, self actualization, not actualization. I'm trying to think of the word, but just has no aware, self awareness whatsoever. Like she constantly, we'll get to it at the end when they all vote for her, but she has zero self awareness. Yeah. For her actions and what she's constantly thinking she's in the right. In fact, it's hilarious because they, she does the thing where she gets all mad at, uh, Sigourney because she says, uh, let's hope for the best. And then they show how she, she goes, I would never say that. If they show her saying that with Coco. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So what Lori is talking about is a whole little moment where Mary reads Sonorgi for, for saying a few times, Let's hope for the best. And, and and Mary says, if I were the team leader, I would never say, I would never say, let's hope for the best. And those fucking shady ass editors show Mary in the past saying, let's hope for the best. And uh, that must have been embarrassing at that viewing party. Yeah, um, I, think, I, I think it's, well, I, honestly, I think. It shows to what they were saying at the, at the, when they were all together, where they're like, where people are going to watch the video, Mary. Like, yeah. It's like she thinks that she's going to be adjudicated once, like, that evidence is going to show that she's not, you know, that she's in the right. It's like, no, you are so totally in the wrong. Yeah. A hundred percent. Um, another thing too, remember I was talking about that fake doing things? Uh, when they, oh. uh, they have one of, um, Mary sewing and like she literally says in the episode she doesn't know how to sew. Well, they also show her with that stupid hat on, and they're like, and then I mean, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna intentionally jump ahead, but I just want to say it as a point. But they show her with that stupid head thing on, and then she goes, "What if everybody's been asking what I'm doing? I'm getting ready." And then I was like, "Oh, I guess she's putting makeup on." And then she go when they do her look. That's just her look. It's just that she's not. <laughs> didn't change anything or yeah. add anything. That's her. So I was like, Oh, I guess she was done. She was done getting ready. But uh, yeah, no, I love how the whole time Sigourney Beaver and her are arguing. Sigourney Beaver is just threading a needle for like 10 minutes. <laughs> oh yeah. 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 Uh, all right. Let's talk about the floor show on the main stage. The monsters hit the runway and their monster of rock solo looks. And then each band rocks out the poppies bite your teeth. Um, let's start with this floor show, Lori, and let's just kind of buzz right through it. Did you have any big looks that you were a big fan of or, uh, that you wanted to talk about right here? You know, if you're a member of our Discord, you can go to, uh, the looks, which is Brooks Looks. Uh, listener Drew Brooks compiles the looks for us. And, uh, I don't know if you, if you're able to see those, Lori. Yeah, I well, I honestly, I think the ones that they um, brought up, you know, I will say, I gotta be honest with you, I feel like Hoso Teratomo is Toma is not the front runner that we thought they were gonna be. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like, I mean, I feel like they're doing a good job, but I feel like you know, Zavalet, La Zavaleta, Dolly, Sigourney Beaver, I feel like those are the top three. I don't feel like Hoso is really in the top three. Well, I feel um, that there's some sort of like, uh, how do I put it? Like, uh, 
a disconnect. Like the look is good, but it doesn't always fit the challenge. Yeah, like this week, I felt like it didn't really work. I honestly was shocked. I I think if this hadn't been a team challenge, she would have been in the bottom. Oh, really? Yeah, Hosa Teratoma. Yeah. Let me look at her look. Hold on. I hate it right here. I'm trying to scratch my arm too. Um. Oh, I have those things right here. Sorry. Um. I mean, it does kind. Of, I could see her being, and I know this is a, a triggery name to use, but I could see her being in like a Marilyn Manson band or something like that. Oh, okay, but um, yeah. I mean, I I liked it. I thought Dolly looked great per usual. I thought Lazavaleta looked really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, Lazavaleta has been killing it. I'm just like I I kind of just like her just doing really good looks and then not talking a lot. <laughs> That's <laughs> That would be my favorite Lazavaleta. Um, I fully am on board with uh, Swanthula with uh, Sigourney Beaver. I thought S- Sigourney Beaver's look was outstanding. Yeah. She looked I amazing. Loved it. She looked, I, you know, I haven't always, I've often thought that Sonorgi gets a pass from the Boulets, but um, on this look, she was on firing on all cylinders. I and I gotta be honest, I think that's I think that's kind of what saved her as a whole with the group and every everything, because I think if she had come out and she wasn't, it's sort of like it proved that she knew what she was talking about. You know what I mean? Like, I think the whole time her, the argument between her and Mary Cherry was like, Mary Cherry's like, I know what I'm talking about. And Sigourney's like, I know what I'm talking about. Yeah. And I think this this runway shows that Sigourney is the one who knows what she's talking about. Were there any looks that stood out to you as bad? Uh, I mean, J. Jolie's was yeah. just, I don't understand. Hers was, I don't even know if she, I honestly feel like she wore, she, she wore that in a drag, drag race challenge. At some point, yeah, it doesn't. It she doesn't seem to be getting the whole Dragula vibe, you know. I think no. she thought she'd come on here. I'm not even sure she. She said she watched the show. I'm not even sure she did. And then what's funny? I will. I'll read Dolly a little bit. Dolly's look was so amazing, but why didn't why didn't they wear? Oh, well, I guess they asked for separate looks. Never mind. I rescind the criticism. Um, what about the group looks, Lori? You know, I will say I was a little underwhelmed with the group looks. Um, mm-hmm. I felt like yeah, Dali looked Dali looked good. Uh, uh, I mean, Dali, I feel like always looks good. Um, Dali looked good. I felt like even though they all were sort of wearing the same color and the same, it didn't really seem like there was a lot of cohesion. And um, yeah, I just sort of felt a little underwhelmed, to be mm-hmm. honest with you, with all mm-hmm. of the group looks. Uh, I agree with you. I'm looking at them right now as a group, and uh, I, I I will say, what about the performance? I mean, obviously, the Zenith one. You know, yeah, and you mean, could obviously. tell, you could tell by the way that they they move together. You could tell by the way, you know, it just it was just clear that they were more in sync, and they, mm. you know, and and um, you know, they also wanted to perform at the height of they, they just didn't, they wanted to perform full out. They didn't care, you yeah. know? And I felt like the other team sort of, you know, you had Mary Cherry wear slippers cause she didn't want to fall. You know, it's like, <laughs> okay. 
I w- so I will say this though. I agree with everything you're saying, but on a second viewing, what I will say, this is really odd. Uh Team Dolly, Zenith, you're right. The entire performance on point. But the very end, it lost steam and it, it had a weird, dumb again, going back to junior high, I thought junior high would end the lip sync kind of ending, where they're all just like now falling and collapsing on themselves, all of them, right? Where I actually think the very last moments of uh, Team Sonorgi were the best moments. The way they ended was much stronger, where the other teammates, the other teammates, the other people on the team just stood still. And even the drummer, I don't know who the drummer was, I think it was Bitter Betty, kept her um, drumsticks up, you know, and they kind of stood frozen. And then they let Sigourney have that moment where she collapsed. It wasn't all of them collapsing for no apparent reason. And it, it visually looked better. That's the, yeah. only, that's the only time when Team Sigourney... Um, I uh, agree, but I feel like at that point, for me personally, the whole thing had gone on too long. Like, it mm-hmm. didn't matter what team. It mm-hmm. just felt like the whole thing had gone on too long. Yeah. So I was just sort of, like, glad it was over at that point. I couldn't. Just, so. I couldn't, I couldn't uh, uh, agree more. Uh, let's actually move on. On the main stage, Team Dali, aka Zenith, wins the challenge with Dali named the individual winner of the challenge. Meanwhile, all four members of Glamrot, remember that's Team Sonorgi, are up for extermination and given electroshock therapy in something called the Dreadnought Electrocutioner. But first, the Boulets ask each monster who should be exterminated, which leads to a unanimous vote. For Mary Cherry, for her part, Mary declines to name a monster and pleads her case instead. Back in the boudoir, Mary expresses shock that everyone said her name. Glamrock continues the fight that happened before the floor show, pitting Bitter Betty and Mary Cherry against Sigourney and Jade. Sigourney, uh, Mary asks Sigourney if she thinks she hates her and again accuses Sigourney of playing a game. Mary vows to be in it for herself when, not if, she survives the extermination challenge. Lori, uh, any thoughts here on the moments on stage during the final judgment and also back in the boudoir? I loved, I loved it. I loved everybody on that stage saying Mary Cherry. Because mm-hmm. to me, honestly, I felt like it was such vindication for Sigourney Beaver because Mary Cherry sort of like gaslighting everybody, gaslighting her and basically like kind of like being a real dick about like how it's going and, you know, uh, basically acting like he, his shit don't stink. Mm-hmm. And then come to find out that everybody sees him for the shit stir that he is. Mm-hmm. And everybody's like, yeah, he didn't do anything. He, mm-hmm. you know, he relied on Sigourney he, to do the outfit and he just didn't offer any, he wasn't doing anything. Yeah. And, um, you know, I thought it was real junior high energy Mm-hmm. For Mary Cherry to be like, you didn't tell me what to do. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's like okay. Well, um, so yeah, where she's like, I can't sew. What do you want me to do? Like, well, I mean, here's the other thing too. Again, it's actually not fair for anybody involved because they've already bought their brought their looks. So what is there for her to do? Like she, but she, also, yeah. it's like if you're not going to sew, then be a team player. Yeah, you know, like she wasn't even doing that. She she could have been like, hey, you no, know, I, agree with I you. yeah, she could have been like, hey, I haven't been the best team player. Let's work on let's work on a choreography. Let's do yeah. something. You know, like mm-hmm. she could have done something, 
to I acquiesce. Think, I think what happened is Mary saw that their team was clearly not as good as the other team. And what she thought she was doing was building a case. And that the Boulets would see that she had been calling it out all along and that she would be saved. But actually the opposite was true. Oh, for sure. I think she, uh, I also think it's just Mary Cherry wanting to be the leader of the team too. True. But I think towards the end, I think she realized that she wasn't, I think definitely when, uh, when Sigourney Beaver says hope for the best, I think Mary, you could tell Mary Cherry was grasping at straws because mm-hmm. it was like, who, what is hope for the, what is hope for the best a bad thing? You know, it's like, it, she said it. So she's trying to make it a bad thing now because she doesn't like Sigourney. So yeah, fuck her. Um, I think that she, uh, I, I personally, yeah, I, I thought it was great. I loved it. I love the fact that, you know, um, people didn't really back down. I thought it was weird that bitter Betty kind of switched sides a little bit, but I could kind of see what she was saying. But at the same time, it's like when you have a team that's just constantly fighting, can you tell us what bitter Betty was saying? Oh, sorry. Well, she was saying that. You're not giving, you didn't give us any, any kind of direction or any suggestions for what we can do. Mm-hmm. Um, and you didn't really give us, like, ask us our thoughts or anything, which I don't, I don't think that that's true. I think that, I think when you have a team that, like, I know that this is a weird analogy, but like the essence of improv is yes. And that's why Joe's so bad at it. So I think that, I think that, um, I think that, uh, you know, if you, if there had been like some good people, improvisers on there, like team members who were saying like, yes, saying yes to ideas and then adding information, adding, adding stuff to make it better. Mm-hmm. You know, that I think would have worked out a thousand times better. But the problem was, is that Sigourney's offering ideas and people are just flat out saying, no, mm-hmm. no, I don't like it. No, not offering like counterpoints or not mm-hmm. offering ways to make it better, yeah. but just saying no. And that just killed that kills creativity. And so I think that, yeah, maybe she did. After a while, she just stopped bringing ideas to the table. Um. Very good point. Did you, what about that part on the main stage where um, the Boulets are teasing Hoso and ask her if she had um, Dali in her top eight? And Hoso's like, what? What are you talking about? I had no idea what that – what's a top eight? What? Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm so aging myself. I didn't think it would be that – that is a MySpace reference. Uh, That's what that was for? Yeah. In MySpace. Oh. So people, for the people who are too young for MySpace, the days of MySpace – you know how you have your friends on Facebook? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I'm explaining to the audience. On MySpace, they had the same concept, but there was also something called the top eight, and you could select the people that went into your top eight, and those were, and they would sort of be highlighted. Their pictures were sort of bigger and, and whatnot, and they would be on your homepage, your top eight, and that would be your eight closest friends or your eight favorite people, or it could be eight favorite celebrities or whatever. And I even think those were ranked from left to right. And that was your top eight. So if someone made your top eight, I remember having a lot of friends getting mad at me because of where they were in my top eight or whether they were in my top eight. And um, yeah, that was like a big deal during MySpace, the MySpace years. Uh, And then also, um, you know, I thought Jade did something very shady and weird and she fell into a trap. I'm surprised it didn't come up is 
all the boulets asked Jade, and by the way, they had already said that the group had done well. They all they did was ask Jade, "How do you think your band did?" And she sold everybody up the river, you know. And yeah, I was like, they didn't even criticize you yet. And in no. fact, actually, when Jade's done, they go, "We actually thought you were pretty good." And I think had this Mary not had this meltdown kind of thing, I think that must have that probably would have come up, or it probably did come up. Um, also, I want to say what's something refreshing here is on RuPaul's Drag Race, when they do the same question to the girls on RuPaul's Drag Race, the girls will say, like, it's almost they do the opposite. Like, who's the worst person in the cast? And whoever the girls are, they're like, okay, well, we're going to keep them because they're going to make drama. But in this case, the Boulets actually listened and they got rid of Mary Cherry. Um, Okay, did you have anything else to say on these moments, Lori? Um, no, yeah, I, I, I did think it was... I will say this. I thought it was pretty, not noble, but I thought it was pretty, um, I respect Mary Cherry for not naming somebody. Mm -hmm. And for instance, just kind of sticking up for herself because she could have easily, I think that was the one smart thing she did where she saw that if, you know, I clearly she wanted to nominate Sigourney Beaver, but I think she saw that that would just further dig herself a hole. Yeah. So um all right during the extermination challenge each monster strapped to an electric chair and subjected to electric shocks however before each round the queens vote for whom they think should be punished allocating the electricity for each of the three rounds later that night mary cherry wanders alone in the strip club after climbing on stage mary's encircled by several male dancers and wrestled to the ground suddenly a dancer squeezes his thighs around mary's neck strangling her to death Lori, any final thoughts on the episode um do you think that they actually were shocked? Uh, well, I think it was like a hand buzzer. You know, the way those like hand buzzer jokes work is that like, you know, they, 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 they on the, on the drawing for what you're buying on a hand buzzer is that it's elect, it's giving you electric shock, but all it's doing is just really literally buzzing and the vibration feels like what electric shock would feel like. And I feel that's what they were doing there was that they just buzzed them like with vibrations that made it seem like, um, they were being shocked. I, I have a go ahead. No, what are you gonna say? I don't think I, I I did not understand what was going on in this extermination challenge. I mean, I understood uh, in theory, but it was hard to follow. You know who else didn't understand what was going on in the extermination challenge? <laughs> who? Mary Cherry. <laughs> yeah, because she was just laughing the whole time and didn't do anything. She constantly looked confused. Yeah. I honestly think maybe this is the one time the extermination challenge worked as an extermination. Because I gotta be honest, I think they were still kind of on the fence with J. Joe Lee. Yeah. And I think this extermination challenge, they saw Mary Cherry just sort of like staring and being like, what am I supposed to be doing? Yeah. And um, they were like, all right, let's get rid of her. Well, I, I yeah, I don't think J. Joe Lee's long for this world either. There are a few people who are getting on the chopping block. Basically, I think we're going to start seeing, except for Sigourney Beaver, all the other girls, like Bitter and Jade, going next. Uh, I can't imagine that Bit- Bitter Betty stays on longer. Oh, you do? No, I can't. Oh, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. I think they'll have to probably let her know, because apparently she doesn't know when she's winning or when she's losing. But um, Now, this is the moment when we use... Do you have, any, have, you, have all your thoughts been given out Lori Rockingham? Oh, something I forgot to mention... Yeah. 
all the way back, way back machine to the mm-hmm. in, initial, to the uh, beginning of the show mm-hmm. was basically they were wearing like what looked like the Jack Morton Swanthula were wearing what looked like club kid sandals. Yeah. When they walked in. And I just thought it was kind of funny that all, you know, Jack Morta loves to talk shit about club kid shoes and they're basically wearing like club kid sandals. So I thought Um, I'd just like to point that out. What was I going to tell you? Um, Okay. Very good point. Now this is the part where we usually do the seance. We're running a little long. And also we got, I'll tell you what it is. This is not, we got one email from legend, legendary listener, Nami Harder. Okay. And that uh-huh. one was pointing us to that Reddit article I was talking to you about with um, uh, the friend of Mary Cherry. And I think that is more worthy of a, a deep dive during a postmortem anyway. Because um, there's a lot of things going on there about accusations of misogyny and uh, and more could have happened since I looked at it this morning. So uh, we'll do that in a postmortem. And, um, Lori, um, by the way, uh, Zach, producer Zach, could you send me an email telling me about all the things we're supposed to talk about these postmortems? That would be amazing. <laughs> um, Lori, any other final thoughts before I close up or wrap up this episode? Nope. All right. I'll, I'll talk to you all tomorrow from my, next week from my new apartment. Oh, wow. Very good. Well, that's going to do it for this week's episode of Hello Uglies. This episode was produced by Zach Birch. Be sure to join us next weekend every week as we continue to discuss, dissect, and deconstruct each brand new episode of Dracula Season 4. So, for Lori Rockenkamp and myself... So long, Alice! Attention, Joe and Lori. Oh, shit, what is this? Wait, we haven't even... Oh, my God. We just did a whole hour and a half. Well, we gotta. Yeah, that's true. Good point. Thank you for listening to Hello Uglies. Have something to say? Email us at hellouglies at afterthought.media. You can also leave us a voicemail at speakpipe.com slash afterthoughtmedia. For more LGBTQ content, support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash afterthoughtmedia. Lori has another podcast. It's called Bloody Podcast, and you can find it wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow Lori Roggenkamp on Instagram at Lori U Liar. That's L-A-U-R-I, the letter U, L-I-A-R. Follow Joe Batanz on Instagram and Twitter at Joe Batanz. That's J-O-E-B-E-T-A-N-C-E. Hello Uglies is an Afterthought Media podcast.